What's going on, fellas? Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. I mean, the Knicks just can't do anything at this point. Nothing right. Uh, they can't do it. They don't know how to play good basketball. They can't sustain it in the very little stretches that they play good basketball. They cannot sustain that and continue. It is hard to watch. And you know what? I'm just 24 years old. I can't imagine what it's like being somebody who's I don't know, 40, 45, 46 years old? Because honestly, it's been 46 years since the Knicks won a championship. Man, that must feel like shit. If I'm sitting near half of that age, wow. What's it like being, oh my gosh. It's so bad, man. It is such a bad state that the Knicks are in. They can't do anything right. And I think the most frustrating part about it all, right? The most frustrating thing is they have some kind of talent, not a lot, but they don't have no talent. They have some talent to where they should not be this bad. They should not be this bad. But here we are. The Knicks are playing 20% basketball 16 games into the 2019-2020 season. Same old shit, same old Knicks, same old miserable watch and it sucks because like I said they look so good for four games in a row <laughs> they weren't even winning all four of those games they want there was just dread they were what three and two and two two and two for about the last four games it wasn't about the wins and losses it was about the effort that they brought out there the energy the ball was moving players were moving the defense was tight energetic it seemed like Okay, maybe the players are starting to find some chemistry. You know, the Knicks signed eight or nine different, you know, new players this season. It looked like they were finally settling in with the guys who were here before. The chemistry was developing. You know, it looked great. The Knicks played some. The Knicks played some great basketball on um a couple nights ago in, at Philadelphia, right? Especially that second half after a pretty even keel first half, where both teams had their highs and lows, but it was pretty even. The Knicks came out of the gate against Philadelphia the other night on a 15 nothing run to start the third quarter. And then, you know, with like four something to go, um, and R.J. Barrett put back dunk, made it seven, made it a 17-point lead for the Knicks. 17-point lead. Uh, Frank Nilekina was on fire. Him and Taj Gibson were working a very nice two-man game. Had a couple pick-and-roll plays executed, a pick-and-pop 
We saw the Knicks play a little, you know, um, run a little couple of sets. We saw horns play. You know the the, uh, the double horns play where they set the high on ball the uh, what's it called the high on ball screen at the top of the three point line. They had one roller and then one pop out to the three. They had a couple of nice you know plays they were executing. It was nice to see. So a seventeen point lead. Um, what's David Fisdale do? He calls a timeout. He takes Frankie Lakina out of the game, and really that's when the Knicks kind of started falling apart more. Um. In the fourth quarter, especially down the stretch when the Sixers made their run, they pulled within five before the fourth quarter came. But then the fourth quarter came and the Knicks stopped moving the ball around and came back to Morris and Randall doing their bullshit isolation shooting. And really, that's really how it ended up. Morris missed four shots in the final six minutes. Randall over-dribbled and missed a wide-open R.J. Barrett with about five and a half left in uh, for three in the corner. Barrett was wide open for about a good seven, eight, nine seconds, I'd say. And Randall didn't do a thing. He kept over-dribbling, fumbled it to Neil Aquina. Neil Aquina threw it to Morris. Morris threw up a contested midi, and that was really the turning part of the game. That was another turning point of the game there. But I look at that game, and I'm pretty frustrated that Neil Aquina um, was out of the game for so long, right? He was a big... He was the catalyst for that 17-point lead they had. He was the catalyst during that 15 nothing run to begin that third period. He takes him out for so long, doesn't come back in until like midway through the fourth. And by then, you know, the Sixers already have all the momentum in the world, the crowd on their side, and they're, they're dropping buckets on the Knicks. Him and Taj were working so well. Yeah, Frank played 33 minutes, but he played 33 minutes. I'm not saying you should have kept him in the entire second half, but I am saying that you could have played him six, seven more minutes especially when Morris ended up with 40 minutes that game. Frank Nielakina could have been in there. You have to roll with what's hot, and he was hot. He was the reason the Knicks were playing so well in that third period. And then he took him out towards the end of it, and it just all fell apart. Should have kept Frank in. I know Dennis Smith was playing good, but Frank was playing great. He takes him out. If he still takes him out, and that, that's that. But you know what? It was a good game, right? We moved past that game with confidence, with with some kind of optimism, because um, you know it's four games in a row where the Knicks play like they're a competent basketball team, not a great basketball team, not even a good one, but a competent basketball team. So you head into tonight, Saturday night, Knicks at the Garden, Spurs off a seven-game losing streak, perfect trap game, by the way, and it was, um, because the Knicks came out of the gate lazy. They came out of the gate cocky. Oh, the Spurs are losing so many games right now. Let's just, you know, take a step back and let's go through the motions again. And they did. Lazy first quarter. Lazy second quarter. Um, in third quarter, they were down by as many as 28 a couple minutes into it. Then they made their run. They cut it to about 14 before the quarter ended. Then the Spurs started uh, to come back a little bit. Then in the fourth quarter, the Knicks decided, okay, let's bring that effort back out. And they cut it to as many as, as little as six. I think it was like six points, six point game with like three something left. But, you know, it, it was too late, too little, too late. None of that face saving trademark Knicks fake comeback bullshit. None of that. I didn't buy into any of that. It's, it's the same thing in the end. You have to have an effort out there. And I thought Mike Breen had the perfect line tonight out of the, out of the, uh, out of intermission. Um, to start the second half, he goes, Clyde, that was disturbing. <laughs> that said it all right there. It was disturbing. It was very disturbing. 
You can't have this team. Like I said, when you're a team who is not going to win many games, when you're a rebuilding team, right, one of the worst teams in the league, when you're one of the youngest teams in the league, there is no excuse for you to be out-hustled. If you're going to be outplayed, fine. Fine, you can miss shots. You know, you could turn it over by being you know sloppy. But if you're not going to play hard every second, every minute, every game, that's unacceptable. And that's like the third game, um, maybe the fourth, at Madison Square Garden where the Knicks have came out with nothing. They got blown out against the Celtics, the Kings, the Cavaliers, and now we're looking at the uh, San Antonio Spurs who gave them an an ass-beating. Okay, so I don't care that they have three wins in their eight games at home. I don't care if they played better at home, if they won more games at home than, they play, than they've won on the road. They played like shit at home. They played like shit. You can't have this, man. I'm telling you, for a rebuilding team, you cannot have this a group of guys like this you know, turning it on when they want to turn it on. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. My own word there. <laughs> but, no. It can't be. They played 16 games. There should be 16 games where they played hard. Instead, I'm looking at maybe 11, 12. That's not enough. 13 is not enough. 14 is not enough. 15, there should be 16 out of 16 games where the Knicks have played hard. If you're not going to win games, there is no excuse for you to be out-hustled. I'm sorry. It's pathetic. It's disgusting. I'm tired of it. Play hard every night. Make it a consistency. Make it something you thrive on. Make it your MO. Make it your identity. Can you at least play hard? I'm just tired of it. And yeah, there are some things you want to see improve uh, fundamentally. I mean, the Knicks, listen, they do play good interior defense. You like the way they defend the paint. You like the way they defend inside of the arc, even. But man, oh man, honestly, I'd rather have the vice versa here. (laughs) Because we're in 2019, the three-point shot is is what everyone hits nowadays. And the Knicks have yet a clue to defend the perimeter. They have no idea how to defend the three-point arc. Three games in a row people uh, where team, the opposing team has shot over 40%. But even that seems like it's doing not doing enough justice. They've been so bad defending the arc. You go back to four games ago, Charlotte hit about 17 on their ass. I mean, they're giving up so many threes every night. Now, I'm not sure if I said it in the beginning of this episode because I'm ranting and I can't remember, but part of it might be because of their defensive scheme, right? They're having so much focus on the interior or they need to focus on the out on the outside more. Focus on the arc. So much focus is on the paint. So much focus is on you know the dribble drive, the dribble penetration, which does kill the Knicks at time. But their biggest issue is that three-point shoot, uh, that three-point shot. And it's every single night, I'm telling you, every night it's the same issue. The three-point line. 
part. So part of it's playing stupid basketball. David Fizdale's got to get that, got to get his guys focusing on the arc more. But part of his effort, definitely effort too. Guys are lazy getting out. Guys are lazy rotating on screens. Guys are lazy on their closeouts. Kevin Knox played 10 minutes the other night and nine minutes tonight because he's lazy defensively. I'm tired of watching Bobby Portis late on his man. I'm tired of watching Julius Randle pitch a tent in the paint only to be late on his man as well with that fake little, you know, oh, I'll contest him last second. No, I'm tired of that shit. I am sick and tired of it. And on the other end, guys like Julius Randle shouldn't be jacking up five, six, three-pointers a game if he's going to miss 75% of them. No, it's not an exaggeration. He's shooting 25% from downtown this season. It's guys like him where, where I, I just they just boggle my mind. Julius Randle's a guy with the talent to be very good. That's what the issue is. He has the tool set to be a very good player. He's big. He's got a wingspan. He could be a good post inside the paint player where he could just eat you down low and grab boards off the offensive glass and, you know, play as a good dive man off the pick and roll. But he's not doing that. This guy thinks he's a point guard and David Fisdale lets him play point guard. That's another issue right here. Why are guys like Randall, why are guys like Morris even, getting so much freedom. If Fizio's going to coach Knox and, you know, penalize him for not playing defense and limit him to 10 minutes, two games in a row, then why isn't he, you know, disciplining guys like Morris and guys like Randall, especially, who's played the worst basketball in the Knicks, not even close. Why isn't Randall being disciplined by Fizdale? That's great that you did it with Knox. I love seeing that. But why aren't you doing it with the whole team? Randall's out here jacking up 15 shots a game, shooting what, 41, 42 percent, 25 from three. He's not playing efficient basketball. He's turning it over four or five times a night. He's fouling recklessly. He's not passing the basketball and he's never being held accountable. Why? Why is that? Why is Randall never being held accountable? What kind of coach does this shit? That's what frustrates me, man. It's not just some... David Fisdale is not just some scapegoat if he was ever to be fired. No! He's got issues, man. He's got issues himself. Yes, he doesn't have the best team to coach, right? He's got a weird, unorthodox roster of power forwards and, you know, point guards who can't shoot the basketball, but there are coaches out there doing more with less. And David Fisdale's not doing a great job disciplining his guys. He's not doing a great job... Having his off, having an offensive system out there. There's no system. It's not consistent enough. Randall shouldn't be taking the ball up court every time. Play through the guards. The vets got to play like vets. Play through the guards. Enough with the ISO down the stretch to close out games. Enough with the stupid turnovers, dribbling into traffic. That stupid Randall spin move that never works. Hold these guys accountable. Cut down their minutes. Rip into them on the sideline. Have them come off the bench. Try somebody else in there. Give Iggy a shot. Jesus Christ, are we going to play musical shares with this guy between the NBA and the G League? Can he get a shot in the starting lineup? If we're not going to put anybody else in that spot? Come on, man. So that's my rant for tonight. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, I'm just looking here. I don't know what else I have to say. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. Just... <laughs> 
it's got to start coming together and it's not one step forward, 18 steps back. That's, that's literally what it is. That's what it's been for the freaking past five decades. That's my issue with this team, man. They have some talent where they should at least be able to crack open, you know, a 30 win season this year. They should, they should have been on, they should be playing close to 400 basketball. It's not a good record, folks. 400 isn't good. But it's a whole lot better than playing 20% basketball. The Knicks should be a bad basketball team. Not a horrific, wretched basketball team. They're going downwards. They're not improving. I have not seen much improvement from this team. I have not. Now, there are some positives, yes. R.J. Barrett has been great this season. Frank Nilekina, even. He has looked so much better um, in his last you know, bunch of games. Actually, in his last 11 games, there have been eight of those where he's at least assisted on six baskets or scored in double figures. Eight out of 11 games where he's done that. So he's been playing so much better. So it's not just he's not just an intangibles guy right now. He's actually putting up some numbers. He's being aggressive offensively. He had six steals tonight on the defensive side. His defense is always going to be elite. But now he seems to be coming, you know, he seems to be doing more than that. And I I hope he continues this play. Because I want him to be more than just, you know, an Andre Roberson, Andre Iguodala type player. I want him to be a guy who can do something offensively. And it looks like he's, you know, he, he's found his confidence. He's much more confident out there. And you know what? I don't credit Fizz for that either. Anybody who does credit David Fizzdale for Frank Nielakina's, you know, quote, resurgence, that's bullshit. Dennis Smith Jr. had a death in the family, and Alfred Payton had to go down with a hamstring issue for Frank to even get a sniff at the rotation. In the rotation. That's why he's playing. Not because Fizdale decided to go with him. Remember that. Sorry, man. I'm just not a Fizdale guy. Not holding, not holding anybody accountable. These guys aren't giving an effort every night. And, you know, his system, he just has no system. He has no system. There's no plan. He's a man without a plan. Guys are doing free-for-alls out there. Some nights they look like, okay, maybe there's some competence in this team. But then you know there are other nights where it's like, what the hell is going on? And you can't have that. You have to have a consistent effort, and you have to have something of a plan. If you can do that, the wins will start coming. But folks, they haven't been doing that. Not enough. Knicks have the Nets tomorrow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a back-to-back. Um, it's the second back-to-back of the season. But I think the Nets are going to be without Kyrie Irving, and the Nets are only like six and seven. They're playing. Uh, I would love to be six and seven, though, wouldn't you? Oh shit! <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for stopping by. Rob Carbone, BD4, episode forty-five, signing out. Ciao.